Are you ready? You think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks, nerds, fanboys and girls, and especially wrestling fans of all ages, you've come to the right place. This is the Vigilant Geek Podcast. I'm Andrew Fusak of Vigilant Geek Media, and with me as always is... Golden Arms who's also a Vigilant Geek Media. And we have back on the show today, wrestling aficionado, Vin Scorpion. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's great to be back. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We had a lot of fun last time we did this. I can't wait to dive into it again. So uh, this week we're going to actually focus strictly on the attitude error of the WWE. There's been lots of great errors uh, over the years since pro wrestling uh began really but uh the attitude era is perhaps one of the greatest and it sprung uh uh some of the most monumental superstars uh that are known today some of the biggest names uh vin who would you say would probably be uh the most monumental coming out of that attitude era if you had to if you had to say who it would be uh stone cold steve austin oh that's what i would say too you know um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I remember when he was in, uh, before, you know, during, uh, like the, I guess the, the gimmick era, I would call it. Yeah, um, the gimmicks. Um, <laughs> he was stunning Steve Austin. One of those beer gimmicks. <laughs> he was stunning Steve Austin in WCW and everyone, pretty much anyone that's a Stone Cold fan would remember that, you know, he was kind of given a shaft when he got hurt and then he got, you know, fired over the letter, you know, like, uh, like a phone call. Oh yeah. Uh, but what started Stone Cold v- Steve Austin's, um, Pretty much personas when he got a chance to go to ECW and Paul Heyman said, "Look, I'm gonna just give you a microphone. This is I'm just speak from the heart and just do just do pretty much promos." And he just pretty much tore them up, he tore up Eric Bischoff, making fun of Hulk Hogan, all that kind of stuff. And then, and then finally, when he got his break, you think they would keep on the momentum, of, yeah, uh, taking him from ECW and that kind of persona, and put him in. in and they put him in. They gave him a mouthpiece of the Million Dollar Man, Teddy DiBiase. And then became, uh, the ringmaster. That's right, I remember that. It was, that was back when Austin had hair, right? He had kind of like a crew cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was kind of, and he used the million dollar dream. Yeah. As his move, and then after a while, um, Ted DiBiase's contract was, ended up in, uh, he was trying to come up with a good nickname. And he's like, you know what, cause he saw this guy called the Iceman. Uh huh. And he was like a big, um, I guess he was like a he was a murderer or something like that or a serial killer. <laughs> but yeah. was, no, I think he, uh, a movie came out pretty recently. Uh, the guy who played Zod, Michael Shannon. Oh he, yeah, uh, he played uh, this really famous hitman known as the Iceman, and he would go ahead and he'd practice killing people like randomly and stuff. Like he'd see people and then he'd like spray some cyanide on the dog's collar, and then they'd find like the owner dead later, you know. And wow, and that's he'd just devious. Practice that stuff and like he eventually became so unhinged that the mob. Like had to like all right, this guy's like way too unpredictable. Like we need him locked away. And, and you know that would actually make a, a seriously awesome graphic novel. Not not to like you know steer things away into comic books because we do that enough around here. But uh, you know like uh, 
taking it based off of loosely based off of that story and just talk you know people are like interested in serial killers for some reason i don't know why but everybody loves watching them on tv and you know the specials they have and the stories most wanted this and that and and they love murder mysteries but, but you know it's real life and it's horrifying, yet these same people won't watch horror movies that are fake, you know, with zombies and, and, oh, that's scary, but this shit, you know, this is real life and people are killing each other every day and, and we, and America loves it. It's, it's a little fucked if you ask me, but <laughs> anyways, getting back to WWE. <laughs> and, I, and on that, he, he told, he, he told Vince McMahon, he's like, look, I, I don't really think I'm the ringmaster and, He's like, let me give you, he's like, I want somebody that's like, I saw this guy, the Iceman, so Vince McMahon is like faxing him over these names, like Luther Von Frost and, <laughs> and, and, and Luther yeah. Von, he was but, probably listening to some Luther Vandross or something <laughs> while he was banging his wife. <laughs> and, and, but it's funny that you bring up his wife because, uh, <laughs> um, his wife is just, she's just like, she, I believe, uh, was just, I don't know which number wife he has, he's had numerous ones, like more, like, I think he's most wrestlers have. <laughs> and so she came up, she's like, why don't you drink? Your uh, why don't you drink your tea before it gets stone cold? Oh. And then she, he's like, "That's it. That's your name. You're Stone Cold Steve Austin." And that uh, you can see the attitude was starting to come around a little bit because you saw Shawn Michaels and Triple H back in the day. Well, even though it was just name as Hunter Hersalmsy, and then right, when, and eventually he just changed the name to Triple H. You kind of saw people starting to do their own thing, starting to do. And ECW, I, I believe that ECW pretty much is. If ECW wasn't around, they would not be an attitude era. No, they certainly wouldn't. I mean, they were doing all the crazy hardcore stuff that was just blowing people's minds before it hit the mainstream, mm-hmm. which WWE is just the mainstream. So what what year did the Attitude Era start? The Attitude Era pretty much officially started in 1996. It started moving her up, but in 97, that's pretty much what it took, took hold. But in 1996, the best promo that I could ever hear was when... Um, was when Stone Cold Steve Austin won King in a Ring. And the story behind that promo was is that when when he got injured by Mark Miro in the semifinal match, he busted open his inside of his mouth, so he had to go to the to the emergency room and get stitched up. He should have just washed it down with some burr. <laughs> it probably would have burned, son, but hey, that's a good burn, baby. And um and um and <laughs> That's spot on by the way, anyways. I appreciate it. Um, hey, if you're, if you have your hero, you want to emulate him a little bit, you know, in any little way. And during that time in 96, it's pretty much when I was, you know, I joined the Marines. And oh, was, there you go. Yep. So I got an attitude. He's in the promo. He's like, and when he came back from the emergency room, he's in Michael PSA. He's like, Hey, Steve, you know, Jake Roberts just did up Riddler's promo on you while you were gone. He's like, what are you going to say? He's like, hmm. he probably said, well, I'm going to wing it or anything like that. Yeah. So as soon as he beat him, he got up there and he had this cool music. He still had the ringmaster music, but it was like kind of like devious and like, <laughs> you wait for Michael Myers to come out or something like yeah. that. And uh, so when he got up there, he's like, first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of trash out of my ring. <laughs> Better off get him out of WF altogether because he ain't got what it takes anymore. <laughs> you talk about your Bibles. You talk about your John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. And then that was born, the whole 316 thing. And there was T-shirts and all sorts of merch, and it was great. Then very next day, they had signs up saying yeah. Austin 316 because Stone Cold said so. It was just, it just took off because Steve Austin, and during the attitude era, people weren't, the gimmicks was, was dead. Nobody liked the good guys anymore. Yeah. And 
and well, pretty much if the if if the NWO didn't get on board, and that was like I believe they they started that in 1996, and oh, when right. Hulk Hogan turned heel and surprised everybody because he was always been the ultimate good guy. That so was, they started yeah. running. They started running with that, and then they're like, "Oh, we need to do something here." And then they started. The, even Vince McMahon did even like a little like promo before the before Raw started. He's like, "This is the Attitude Era," and it was born. And uh, you know, you had all these just badasses, just like you said. Like people were 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 sort of done with the babyface. You know, in fact, so much so that when Kurt Angle came on the scene, like his whole thing was just being Mister Babyface, but like kind of like it was just so laughable because he was so like overkill that like everyone hated him. You suck, you suck. But you know, like it worked because like you know it was just so entertaining because you had him with the Star Spangled uh, uh, singlet, and then you, you know you'd have all these other badasses like like fucking Kane and and Undertaker and Austin and The Rock and uh, it worked well because then you get Angle this big star spangled geek but he's he's nasty you know and uh, I actually miss him uh, they had to let him go right um what happened with um current Angle on um, the storyline with that is that uh he he was just getting. He was just, his body was just taking a beating. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was going through a lot of problems, personal-wise and stuff like that. And um, he just went up to McMahon. He was like, I need my release. Oh, okay. Um, and so he did He did do a thing where, you know, he do a non-competition clause. or And then, then eventually he just showed up, um, almost uh, listened to that, that song, Lunatic Fringe, that they had back in the day. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was Pink Floyd, but mm, I was wrong. And so he came out to that, but it was like, it was a better opportunity for him because he would get to heal a little bit more. He would have a better, easy schedule for him. And they were like, they were still, they were doing stuff down in Orlando. And uh, I believe it was Universal Studios. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have like a, a big event, a big, uh, pay-per-view or is it, was it just like Raw or something like no, that? No, it was just like their, um, you know, the TNA wrestling. Is that was just oh, okay. where they were kind of headquartered out of? Cause yeah. like, uh, whenever it seems like WWE has a real fondness for Madison Square Garden and they oh, go Oh, that was like, their home. Oh, yeah. That was their home court. They, 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 it was part of the territory, the Northeast Territory and this, this man. Back when they ran in territories. Yeah, yeah. And you had the Vern Gagne part. And where did he run out of oh, actually? Out of Minneapolis. Oh, okay. Uh, Minnesota. For, a, for AWA. Um, AWA, that's right. Yeah. Then you had the USWA, you had Florida Championship Wrestling, NW, and basically, basically a lot of the the main territories was the National Wrestling Alliance. Right. And they had everyone there, even Vince Senior, um, Vern Gagne, um, uh, what's his name, um, uh, Bill Watts. But after a while, mm-hmm. Bill Watts was more like a promoter, but he was a wrestler for WCW, and he was he was one of the boys. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um let's get into some monumental uh matches and monumental title wins perhaps uh from the Attitude Era. Um let's talk about who held the belt when and uh who took it from him. Let's start with some of those good stories because there's been so many monumental title matches that come out of that era. Um so I mean that leaves us with a plethora here of uh so what, let's, let's, let's first, why don't we say, hey, Vin, what was your most memorable, uh, match, title match from the Attitude Era that you can remember the best? 
Um, basically, when um, the the monumental match was WrestleMania 14. Okay. When Stone Cold Steve Austin went against Shawn Michaels. Uh, I remember that one. That yeah, was they, in Boston too. Yeah, wasn't it was it? Boston. I I was there. Um, um, you they brought in Mike Tyson, which was a brilliant <laughs> move. A yeah. Brilliant move. He's a guest um, referee, right? Yeah, it was like the special enforcer of it. And then, um, right. It was just like at the time where this was the first time that Stone Cold was going to get his major run. No cheap shots, guys. <laughs> Everybody play nice, okay? Mike Tyson. I'm a ti- I'm a Titan. I'm a Tawain Thorthwext. <laughs> you want to, you want to feel what I'm saying? You want to feel what I'm saying? Mike, no one understands what the hell you're saying. Anyways, yeah, and continue. So, so Mike Tyson comes out. After, and he has his own little entourage, and then all of a sudden he oh, has yeah. a glass break and Stone Cold comes out. <laughs> and you're like, oh, and McMahon's just sitting there like, what is he gonna do? <laughs> and he's, he's like, he's like, if you can't pay attention, what kind of, what kind of, what, if you understand what I'm saying right now, I got some, I got some signs for you, and he gets in a double bird salute, and he, oh, yeah. and Mike Tyson's like, what, you're gonna flip me off? And he pushes him. And so he pushes him <laughs> back, but all his money comes, starts flying out, you see his entourage like, go oh, grab the money, grab the money. <laughs> And McMahon's like, you ruined everything, you ruined everything. <laughs> and, it a good, and it was a good setup, too, you know, to, to how, like, but Shawn Michaels was, his back was at the point he was leaving. Right. And a lot of part of his back was hurt because when he had a casket match with The Undertaker and he, Undertaker back body dropped him with the top rope and the small of his back hit the casket. He had, how many times did he, well, I know he had the one major operation where he had got his vertebrae fused and mm-hmm. that's when, and when he recovered from that, he was the commissioner of Raw for a while. Yeah, that was that was a cool time. And, and um, that's pro that's probably when right when I first started like wrestling like seriously. And, and uh, when they won it, when he won the match, when he won the match, uh, I believe the referee got got knocked out. When it's always that that little cliche, you know, storyline. Oh, the referee's knocked oh, out. Oh yeah, why does that happen so often? Well, it's wrestling, so it it's believable to a point. But, uh, yeah, the, the goddamn ref, you know, let's get, let's get the ref, you know, I don't know, a helmet or something. Give him some balls. <laughs> it's a ball. You just bumped yeah. into me, me knocked out for two, two hours. I'm like, what, you, what, you tired? You need a nap, you asshole? Yeah. You know? Just enough time so that somebody can cheat. But it was just awesome how he did it. And he just, he, he had the title for so long and, um, Fisic Band trying to want to make him a corporate champion. He came out in a suit. Oh, yeah. He's like, this is the last time I wear this piece of trash for a suit. <laughs> and he ripped it off. And he, he this, and, and of anyone in that attitude era, when um, when Stone Stone Cold would admit that Vince McMahon was the, his favorite opponent. He wow, because he would just he's Vince McMahon. Okay, he would take a bump when he doesn't have to. When he got yeah. when he got his head bumped off the top of the steel cage, it was before uh, WrestleMania 15. And now this time, The Rock was the champion. Okay, yeah. And he was the, the corporate champion. The corporate champion, I remember that. Yeah, how did he win that? I for, like, I remember, like, Stone Cold had it, and then they found a way to strip him of the belt, and then, what, did they have a tournament, and then they gave it to The Rock? Um, I believe it was, um, in the Survivor Series, the Endgame, where The Rock won it. Um, I could be wrong. I don't wanna, I don't wanna give false information out there, you know, um. This is why WWE Network's so good. I know, you can get it for <laughs> 9.99. <laughs> if you're a wrestling fan, it actually it's not a bad deal at all. You know, right. for all the content that they got there, you know, it's pretty incredible. And they have a special channel just for the Attitude So you, anyone that's watching, has never seen, you want to watch anything that we're talking about, just go right down there. I was like, I would, I would just binge watch Attitude Era. Oh Jesus! You can watch every Raw now, even during that time. 
Yeah. yeah. I remember it was just a big emotional roller coaster because, like, when Triple H was face, he could never get the belt, and every time he turned heel, he was always strapping that motherfucker on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, uh, it was torn because half the time I wanted him to have the belt when he was face, but that as soon as he turned heel, it was like, uh, and then eventually I just got sick and tired of faces all together because, <laughs> like, there's just not enough good faces out there. It's well, really hard to be a face. I'd say, like, one of the last really great faces, I mean, The Rock was a good face when he was a face, but I'd say the last, like, really monumental face was Bret Hitman Hart. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, like, ev- you know, a-, a face you could you could get behind. That doesn't sound really, it sounds kind of weird, I know, but, um, no, like, like a face wrestler that, that you could really just, like, this guy, this guy kicks ass, he's got momentum, he is the king of submission moves. Uh, you make anybody tap out, sharpshooter. I mean, Brett Hitman Hart was, and then after him, I mean, there were other decent faces. I, I just, that, that's the one that really sticks out for me. So, so which, what, what was the one attitude ever match that you had that, that caught your eye? One match, uh, there's so many good ones. Uh, Oh, I mean, you got Rock Austin. Oh yeah, they, I mean that was that was huge. That was a great match, especially leading up to events of WrestleMania. 7, oh, sorry, fifteen. Right uh, when he was going after him, and he's like, "The Rock is gonna go into SmackDown Hotel." And yeah, he came down in a big old truck. He's like the first the beer uh, truck. The, yeah. He's like the one thing I'm gonna do at WrestleMania fifteen. I'm gonna go down to check in SmackDown Hotel. Check into room 316 and burn that son of a bitch to the ground. <laughs> Check in room 316. And what's cool about like how you mentioned Kurt Angle before, like yeah. he, he he messed in very well into that era. And then instead of the beer truck, he brought out a milk truck. Yeah, I remember <laughs> he's that. smashing his milk like it's beer. And yeah. <laughs> he's drinking, he's like... <laughs> I tell you, Kurt Angle had some of the best hijinks. One thing from the attitude era that that really stands out with Kurt Angle is when he's he was making fun of Triple H. Um I I think Angle had the belt and Triple H was coming for it. I uh, I think, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so Kurt Angle comes out to the ring and Triple H's music and he's got this little baby carriage with him with a little baby monkey, a little little baby gorilla in, in the uh not a real gorilla, it was like a stuffed animal. And uh he was calling it Baby Triple H. <laughs> like, look, it's Baby Triple H and then Triple H comes out, gets all pissed and takes the 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 baby carriage and throws it at Angle's head. It, it was so funny. Was I would I would have got a Gonzo Muppet and like there it is, exact match. Look at the nose. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he's like, oh. That'd be per- that's a perfect match, uh, Triple H. It's fun to pick on him because he really is like one of the one of the titans of the industry, you know, hands down. And that's well, why I call him a game because he, he's always been a big student of the game. We didn't yeah. just dominate the storylines. He found a way to go ahead and ingrain himself into the business. Oh, but, sleep with boss's daughter and marry her. Yeah, sleep your way to the top, I guess, huh? Women <laughs> do it all the time. I mean, I'm not trying to be. <laughs> I'm not trying to be, uh, chauvinistic. You know, that was just a joke. But, um, no, I mean, uh, it worked for him. Look at him now. He's now the COO. Yeah. Of, uh, he's, he's actually, I think his correct title was like vice president of talent. Oh, uh, um, they probably, Vince probably made that title for him. 
Yeah. Well, he was, remember before, you know, the man who was a, uh, hey, I'm John Laurinaitis, the second voice president of Tower Relations. Yeah. <laughs> John Laryngitis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, and, and, well, I guess uh, I wanted to know what everyone was up to during the Attitude Era, I guess. It's actually, that's a good transition. Um, yeah, during the Attitude Era, I was in, I was in high school. Um, and I was an angry kid, did a lot of, you know, played a lot of contact sports, uh, played football, wrestled. I actually, uh, was a varsity wrestler three, uh, four years. Um, and I lifted a ton of weights and I basically just want, I wanted to be the rock. You know, I even, I shaved my sideburns like the rock. I was, I was trying to get as big as the rock, which is impossible. Um, you know, I was trying to talk like him. I eventually got the people's eyebrow down. Like it, it was getting scary. I just had to go sit in a tanning bed and I'd be the rock. Well, except for the muscles, you know. I mean, you just, it was too tough to, I mean, the rock, he works out like six hours a day. I don't have time for that, you know. <laughs> That's part of it, yeah, to cut like into your sleeping schedule. Well, especially nowadays, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I just remember, uh, I was, I was just so into it. It was just, I didn't miss an episode of Raw or SmackDown. Like, I'd be lifting weights while watching it, being like, yeah, I'm the rock, you know? So that was my spiel. Uh, what about you, Vin? I was in the Marine Corps. That's right. I just finally went in the Marine Corps, and it was, it was kind of, it was kind of, it was really cool because, um, I kind of had the attitude, you're not going to tell me what to do. And people are like, you're in the Marine Corps, you're going to be told what to do. I'm like, no, I'll just take it on advisement. Well, then now I'm going to tell you to screw. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's like a part of me, like when I, when I first went into the military and I was watching wrestling, I wasn't really, I was very, and it's hard to believe for people that do know me that I was very kind of, kind of introverted. I yeah, only, oh, talk, I only hmm. talk when I'm spoken to or sometimes I'll put out a smart crack, but if people, that knew me, they're like, especially the job I had, which I'm not going to disclose, where they were like, you're, you're entertaining dude, why don't you just keep on doing that? I was like, well, if you really want me to do this, I will. And, um, so one, one little incident that happened, um, I always gave my manager crap and I call his name was Joe and I was, I used to call him the hamburger and all that kind of stuff because it looked like the dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm like, he waddled like the hamburger every time we walked by, I'm like, rubble, rubble. You know, yeah, <laughs> and, but it's just like they they helped me break me out of my shell, and then it's like we had that common ground. Like before the attitude ever came around, not many people would admit they were a wrestling fan. That's like admitting hmm. like you like wham. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Um, it's like I was a kid before that, so I wouldn't know. Like I watched it as a kid, and I I guess when you're a kid, you don't really care what it, you know. Sometimes I guess like you care what people say, but I don't think anybody really cared if you. You watch wrestling, but I'm sure it's different, you know, when you're not a kid, oh. you know, so I, so I, that's interesting because I didn't, I didn't really know that. Because yeah. now wrestling was cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, I remember that. I didn't, uh, cause I remember I used to watch it off and on and I was like in middle school, high school around that time. And then, Everyone was into it in and high school. Everybody was into it. Like freaking, it was like when you're like, when I was much younger, like in the fourth grade, everyone would watch the episode of the Simpsons from the night before and. Everyone would talk about it and do impersonations over by the coat rack. <laughs> in high school, it's, I don't know, I never went anywhere near my locker in high school. No, I, I like carry around like 40 pounds of books everywhere I went. Jeez. I was just like, I can't be late! 
No, we can't, <laughs> no, I can't we be late for this class that I don't do homework in. <laughs> like, I, I might as well have gone to school, like, to be like a Final Fantasy VII, like, tour guide. <laughs> like, alright, up here, this is, uh, where we breed all our chocobos. Last night, we finally made a breakthrough, we finally bred our very first ocean chocobo. He can Ooh. walk on the ocean and over mountains and everything. And now I got the sweet materia that you don't know what it is. <laughs> ah. And it was during that time when I was like breaking out of my shell. And yeah. that's when I started becoming, I became who I was. You know, that's a little bit more better. And so they, they, like, that's the great thing about the attitude. Everyone became, if you have a little bit of realness in yourself, and that's what Stone Cold was. He always kept me when he just said, hey, I just want to be myself. Just let me have a little bit of realness in there so people can relate. Like he was totally, he was never really a, a face. He was just anti, the anti-hero. Right. The anti-establishment. And even when I was in the military, they would tell me what to do. I'd be like, I ain't doing that shit. I'm like, suck it. Stone Cold wouldn't do it. Why, why should I? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's good like hey he don't do shit he gets away with it he flips off his boss i can i'm like how many times i want <laughs> how many times i want to stun a lieutenant he runs <laughs> his boss over with his four-wheeler <laughs> i remember when when austin was riding his four-wheeler all over vince's limousine vince is like in the back of the limousine crying <laughs> he's revving the engine all night <laughs> yeah. he's going down <laughs> yeah he's like choking him to death <laughs> how many years of his life got shaved off because freaking because of that stunt I mean, Think of was... how many years of Vince's life Stone Cold has probably shaved off just with all of his his antics. I think like Vince will die when he's good and ready. Yeah, I think you're right. He's he's just so stubborn. But he's that was jacked. He's he is like I remember fucking... back in the day he was helping uh Hulk Hogan do like an infomercial and and like Vince's arms were bigger than Hogan's and it was insane. Yeah. it was like whoa. I mean, he's always was it, What was it the Hulk Hogan um Sandwich maker, or was it the toaster? I think it was like a juicer. <laughs> oh, oh hey, well, the, no pun intended, right? Take your vitamins, <laughs> brother! Then, yeah, that was a big black eye for him, and then, then he kind of just faded off, and then he had to, went to WCW and turned heel. That, but yeah, like a lot of the crazy promos and stunts that they did in the Attitude Era was amazing, and they probably never get away with it now because a lot of the talent just doesn't want to do like life-threatening things, but like, They'd bring in real world stuff in order to go ahead and augment the show. So like they'd have like people being attacked by a beer truck or 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 Vince coughing on fumes or <laughs> from the four wheeler. <laughs> like I think uh like they've used like forklifts a couple times. Oh yeah. Yes, and uh the WrestleMania fourteen it was um Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie gets the New Age Outlaws. Oh yeah, I remember that too. That was awesome. I remember when New Age Outlaws got together. When uh, Road Dog was out there, and um, at the badass time, badass Billy Gunn. He wasn't even known as badass Billy Gunn. He was known as Rocket Billy. He had he had the Honky Tonk Man as his manager. No shit. Did he? He's gone so so many different characters. Yeah, I, I when I remember when I first saw him, he was um, Mister Ass. No, no, he was with uh, <laughs> that's another Bart Gunn, the Bart, smoking guns. Bart Gunn. He was with the smoking guns. Yeah. Oh. And okay. Eventually, they had Sonny as their manager. But every time, like this, she was like so 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 much of a like a. A bad person, not a bad person, but her character. She was like, whoever had to tell you, I'm jumping ship to them. Yeah, she was a fair weather, uh, wrestling girl. Yeah. yeah I'll say she's a damn fair weather hussy. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, she's a gold digger. She wears the gold goes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's actually more accurate. She's a gold digger and that, that she played the part well. Yeah. And it's like, she had that quote, like, 
whatever Sonny wants, Sonny gets. Yeah, that's right. And Vince McMahon be sounding like the biggest hornbow. Oh, yeah, look at Sonny. <laughs> She's incredible looking. Now, now take that blouse off and bark like a dog. <laughs> they don't even have that on YouTube anymore. I guess it was yeah. catching so much heat that they were. Well, removed. yeah. It's Nobody so... wants to see an old man flirt with a girl. <laughs> he wasn't even flirting. He was like flat out just degrading her in the ring. Take that blouse off. Back like a dog. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and she was doing it. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and then he did a lot of angry interviews with, uh, like, he totally did, like, like five kayfabe interviews immediately after that. <laughs> like, what's the effect of professional wrestling having on our youth? <laughs> yeah, oh, like, I don't know. I think it's just entertaining them. <laughs> like, you can't just go, like... If you're going to hit someone with a chair, that's a premeditated act. <laughs> you're not just like, oh, I'm just getting my hand. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. The, I did that on accident. Sorry. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. It was just there. I don't know what happened. It must be freaking, it must have to be the entertainment industry's fault. Yeah, I mean, at, at a certain point, you have to pretty much agree that it's just part of the human condition uh, especially in this country, people want to see, well, they want to be entertained. And what entertains people, especially in this country, violence, sex, and Pokemon uh, Go. Po- oh, yeah, and Pokemon <laughs> Go. <laughs> it has, yeah. Um, the only reason I'm not playing that is because my phone's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nathan Burke, uh, one of our analysts of Visual and Geek Media, he's been playing it nonstop, and it's actually been really funny. It's it's almost like an album full of his family members and with, with, Pokemon. And Pokemon, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like one of one of his one of his uh, cousins, and not to get on too crazy of a tangent, but one of his cousins was like walking up the driveway, and he's like has him, you know, being attacked by some flying Pokemon thing. I don't know what it is, but it's, it was it's a, a riot. It, it was a Zubat, Andrew. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> a Zubat. Look, um, I'm getting all you and, and I'll stone close you. What the fuck is a Zubat? <laughs> <laughs> I'll stone that son of a bitch. Oh, man, speaking of uh, good Austin quotes, there's one that Nathan told me once where uh, he's in the locker room with Hurricane Helms, and, uh, you know, Helms had the whole, uh, superhero gimmick, you know, and he had a, a Green Lantern tattoo, uh, from the comic. And, uh, Austin goes up to him, he's like, what's that tattoo you got there? And he's like, uh, like he knew that Austin wasn't gonna know, understand what the fuck it was. He's like, oh, it's, it's Green Lantern. Green Lantern! What in the hell's that? <laughs> I don't know. I just found it entertaining. And then, and then he what? Then he said, like, got into a conversation with this guy he didn't want to be in, where Austin ends up saying what six or seven times. That's probably what happened. <laughs> oh no, Austin was the one that that originally helped Helms get his gimmick because he see, finally Helms explains to Austin about uh the you know Green Lantern's a superhero in the DC comics, blah blah blah. So Austin says, why don't you you know why don't you go for a superhero gimmick? They haven't had that yet. And it worked. I mean, that was pretty cool. I liked it. I like Hurricane Helms. He was entertaining, though. He was entertaining. Uh, he, the hurricane, he always said, what up with that? You know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. That's right. That was his little catchphrase. He was a good good athlete, though. Uh Entertaining matches, you know. Um But everyone was so good at a mic in the Attitude Era. Everyone was always... Let's talk, let's talk mic work. That's a great transition. So we talked a little bit about some of Austin's mic work, but... You can't talk about Austin's mic work without talking about The Rock's mic work. The Rock is just amazing. He, him and Jericho, I believe, are probably the two. And Jericho. Oh, my God. 
you know, um, especially the Rock. And speaking of Hurricane Holmes, is and he came back, you know, as from being in Hollywood. He's like, what right? Are you? He's like, what are you? No one cares about you. Yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing about you. <laughs> I love how the Rock can just come and go as he pleases whenever he wants when he's not doing movies and just shit on everyone, and then just go back to Hollywood and keep making billions of dollars or whatever. It's pretty. It must be nice to be that guy. It must be nice. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like it's I, a I lot want... <laughs> of hard work. Yeah, once again, the whole six hours in a day in the gym, <laughs> that's like a big sacrifice and something I don't have time for. So, ah, uh, well. He probably spends the other half of his time eating. Well, yeah, if you it's work. a lot of cod. <laughs> you work out like a horse, you got to eat like a horse, damn it. <laughs> or a hippo. Yeah, if you're the big show, maybe then it's a hip, more like a hippo, or more like a well, Andre the Giant. Oh my that god, that guy would eat so much he can out drink anyone. Yeah, I was just gonna make a comment about that. There's some record that he holds for drinking like a hundred beers in a night or something, and like three bottles of wine. And yeah, no, he's I'm like a turkey. He's like <laughs> everyone has a family gathering at Thanksgiving. Like, no, that's Andre's. <laughs> uh, Andre has like one whole table for himself, and then everyone else is in the next room. Hey, if you want what you want a peanut? <laughs> <laughs> hey, pretty lady. Yeah, I can't. I was walking you. by, and I found three white horses. <laughs> <laughs> Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Oh yeah, it's a good movie. It's like the only like. It's the only thing that I can find where you get to like semi interact with Andre. Yeah, I think he was in a couple other flicks too, but that was the best one. Yeah, he even did a commercial for Honeycomb, and they and they, <laughs> they dubbed over his voice. I think I remember this. He played a g- giant. Yeah. He's like shaking this kid's treehouse. Yeah, he was dressed as the giant he was in Princess Bride, and that's when it came around. And he's like Honeycomb. He's like, you got big taste, and he's he's eating a, he's eating a cereal. He's like, and they're doing a thing. Yeah, he's making these faces like, okay. Didn't he have like a giant <laughs> wooden spoon? Yes, he did. <laughs> Who That's cereal with a giant wooden spoon. A giant wood, obviously. I guess. Big, big flavor, big taste. The only difference between uh, him and every kid watching Saturday morning television is like that giant bowl of cereal. Hey, that's why I used to eat my cereal. Like, big old not, bowl. Like every every child who grew up within the past 30 years or so, knows the joy of finding the biggest bowl in the house and filling it with cereal and then eating it in front of the TV. That's where it's at. Now, that's that's a true American tradition that no one talks about. Saturday morning cartoons. When 11 o'clock hit, I was turning over the Wrestling Challenge. Yeah. Wrestling Superstars. Man, Saturday morning cartoons are deceased now, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I miss I miss going up to the days when you're watching Smurfs and Scooby Doo and the Snorks. And then if you waited long enough, they had this really cool live action swamp thing show that would come on right after all the cartoons around like eleven AM and it was pretty sweet. I used to watch that too. Oh nice. Yeah, like right after like, you know, your G. I. Joe, your Ninja Turtles and everything else. So Captain he- Planet. Then came, uh, then came that cool swamp thing feature, uh, or series rather. Um, yeah, that was pretty neat. And then bowling came on after that, and that's when I had to go outside and do something else. Yeah. I, can't, I cannot watch bowling. It's like watching golf. And I don't understand why people watch golf. I understand why people play golf. You know, it's a fun game to play, but to watch it, it's kind of like watching paint dry. I don't know. 
It's like another one of those niche things. I think it it's almost comparable to boxing because boxing is something that not very many people are into, and then the only people who really watch it are the people who are involved and in, and in, in enjoy the sport. Yeah, yeah, um, no, you're right. And then I, golf is much the same thing, although somehow golf still manages to get a crazy amount of money surrounding the sport, probably because you need to have a lot of money in order to play it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In- even um like going back on to the attitude of Vince. Yeah, let's get back on task. Sorry, Vince McMahon even admitted that that's his favorite era of all time. Okay, well that says it right there. And plus, plus the Rock when he first came in, he was a true baby face and honoring his father and grandfather being Rocky Maivia. Right. No then, one liked him. Yeah, because they 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 just didn't like that smiley baby face crap. Yeah, exactly. You know, like no one likes it anymore. It's like nobody wants to root for the good guy anymore. We root for the bad guy. You know, like, you know, like I want a guy that's like, man, I wish I could flip off my boss. I wish I could rock bottom my boss to a table. Right. You know, talk crap to him and even to his, even to his daughter. I remember the one, one thing they did. It was like the rock was out there. Then Chris Jericho came out and Stephen McMahon was in the ring with Booker T and Rhino. Okay. And he, he's making fun of her and he's like, um, oh, actually, I'm sorry. Let me retract. First Chris Jericho was out there. Then the rock came out. To back him up, because he's he was making fun of Stephanie Man because he just had a breast enlarge. He's like, <laughs> I let's that. give up for Stephanie Man the breast ever. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but them two just feed off each other. Yeah. And Chris Jericho made his debut when The Rock was in the ring. Yeah, and The Rock so, was like mid promo when yeah, that Y two J clock went off. He was talking about Big Show. He's like, here, welcome to Big Slow. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes out. He's like. He is in a, even get a chance to see, he come out and everyone was like wondering like who, like they see the countdown. I was like, wow, that was like one of the, the coolest ideas that anyone can ever have. Oh yeah. Building up for like months now. And then was going to get down to the thing and he was like, how dare you interrupt the rock? He was like, who in the blue hell are you? <laughs> I'm, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. <laughs> He's up, Chris Jericho, jackass! <laughs> you stupid idiot! Stupid idiot! <laughs> I love when he says that. <laughs> Jericho's one of those guys in the mic, he can, like, if he comes back after, like, well, he's still around, but if he can come back after so many years, and, and he did it for a little while when he first came ahead, it's like, it wasn't like his second coming, he's just come back, and he, all the fans were loving him. He oh, wouldn't yeah. talk, he was just like, yeah, 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 and he'd leave. But and and he's that kind of guy that has that kind of persona where he could just have you love him, and then two seconds later the whole crowd is booing him out of the building. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he can he can conduct a lot of heat, and if you're good on the mic, you can conduct, conduct a lot of heat. You're doing something good. Oh yeah, he's he's like a master at that. Yeah, and the shit he comes up with too. I was like, how the hell? <laughs> he's and plus now when he does that thing, now he he sounds like a stoner in a Chichen Chong movie. He's like, I'm gonna give you the gift of Jericho. Drink it in, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's like this, like, psychotic, like, egomaniac legend. He's like a legend in his own mind. Oh, he is. He, he is. You know, well, he I mean, is, he yeah. is in his own right. I think he's just doing this. Like, oh yeah, no, he is in this, his own right. Yeah. This like, it's it's not even pompous. It's like delusional because he like he <laughs> thinks he's like this gift to everybody. Oh, sort of like the delusion is grandeur I have in real life, right? <laughs> oh well, not the not like Jericho. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, okay, like more like I'm like more like deluded then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can go with that then. Sure. Um. No, Jericho is one of the most entertaining people in the business, you know. Uh, 
I mean, he's not the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. <laughs> oh, hell no. Apparently, but. Well, actually, now it's the electric, most electrifying man in all of entertainment. Right, because he's, yeah. I actually just saw that new movie The Rock did with Kevin Hart. Uh, the CIA. Oh, Central Intelligence. Yeah, yeah Central it was, Intelligence. it was actually really good. It was wicked funny. He plays, like, you think he's, you think that The Rock is insane the whole movie, cause he's like, he kidnaps Kevin Hart, and he's like, running from the feds, and, but it ends up being a mix up, and he's really in the CIA, and, but, uh, Wicked funny movie. I have to say, the one thing about The Rock is, I mean, you could tell this back in the Attitude Era with his mic work, but he's just a, a, such a great actor. And uh, I, for one, can't wait to see his performance as Black Adam in the Shazam movie, uh, whenever that comes out. That'll be cool. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, some, any other mic workers here that, that we want to bring up from the Attitude Era. There's definitely more. Well, Shawn Michaels. Michaels, um, yep. D-Generation X. Let's see. Who else is really good at working the mic? Uh, uh, sh- I mean, Scott Hall. Triple Kevin H. Nash. Yeah, Scott I mean. Scott Hall was great. They're yeah. around during the uh, Attitude Era. Oh, when It's they, not just WWE. When you when I watched WCW back in the like, I used to flip back and forth, and all of a sudden I saw Scott Hall walking out. I'm like, he's doing the Razor Ramon gimmick. I'm right. like, what? And they had that thing. Oh, we're gonna start a war. And he even had the he had the toothpick in his mouth. They're like, who's this? Who's this? And I'm like, oh my god, the WWE, WWE. Well, now WWE is now um they're invading. Right. And nobody knew. Nobody knew. It's like um he shows up. You know who I am, <laughs> and you know why I'm here. You want a war? Now you got a war. That's awesome. Was he the first one to leave? He was the very well. He wasn't well during that time when when uh, first I think the first one to kind of jump ship, but well mainly was Hulk Hogan. And then when Hulk Hogan left, they had to fill his spot with somebody. They ended up losing uh, using Lex Luger. That's right. He was known as a narcissist, and all of a sudden they had this body slam challenge on the USS uh, Intrepid. Wow. During Fleet Week. And then he comes in in a helicopter, and he comes in the ring, and Spider Simpson, and he was called the All-American Lex Luger, because they wanted him to be like the next Hulk Hogan, which pretty much we all know what happened with that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I remember the first match I ever saw with him. Somebody came out and did a work for him, and uh, he pretty much did all his moves. The other guy never even scratched him, and then he gets him in the torture rack, and he just walks out of the ring. It yeah, was, Lex Luger. Nice it was really rack. anticlimactic. But I mean, <laughs> but then all of a sudden that's how Saturday their... morning and, and Sunday night heat were. Like all it was just to showcase the all stars while everyone else is working on their skills. But but see, Lex Luger, it, he he sprouted in the era where muscles were almost more important than moves in a way. Like you talk about like the warrior and how dangerous he was in the ring. And Luger was one of those guys that just came out of a Gold's Gym, jacked as fuck, and uh, got a contract. You know, so. Uh, the Attitude Era was a little different. You had people, like, real, really talented, you know, it was mic home, workers. It was homegrown talent. Homegrown talent, too, yeah. So, so he didn't really, he just didn't really fit in with that, you know? I think that was one of the best parts. It's kind of like when, um, when a sports franchise, a really successful one, all of a sudden they're letting a bunch of their own players go, and you're like, what are you, insane? Like, you're gonna suck next year. I but know. then, like, little did you know that in the farm system, you get these rookies who are just as good, only, like, they they come on a little bit cheaper, which is, like, you get a little bit of a bargain for them. But that's not why you like them. You like them because they came out of nowhere, and they freaking saved your interest in this thing out of nowhere. So all of a sudden, you had guys who have been making names for themselves with years, and 
this the old guard just up and takes Ted Turner's money and bounces to WCW, and all of a sudden, oh, yeah. the stars were like, and there was so much pressure. All of a sudden, all these stars were born. Like uh, Vince McMahon is probably the greatest character out of the entire Attitude Era mm-hmm. because he had so much effect ac- across the board. Then he was always on camera. Oh yeah. Then you got Stone Cold, Triple H, The Rock. Undertaker. Undertaker. He really established himself then. Mick, St- Mick Foley goes ahead. He, established Foley, him- yeah. he establishes himself as a legend. No longer are we talking about, is he mankind? Is he dude love? Is he Cactus Jack? All of a sudden, all of that stuff never even mattered anymore. And that's when people really started like becoming smarks. Because mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and Mick Foley really brought around that change because the, the, those gimmicks don't matter. Anymore. Everyone knows he's Mick Foley. Everyone knows his history, everything that he's done, and it actually kind of it did. It brought in an era of like a, a smarter, more refined wrestling fan because mm-hmm. people, a lot of people were watching it for years and years and years, and all of a sudden, like they know all this history and yeah, they sure. know exactly what the product is. They don't have any. Crazy ideas, one way or the other, about what it actually. They had is. freedom creatively. They did that too, and then they took a lot of risks. That was one of the great and things. Oh, you want to talk about the matches that they came up with too, like Hell in a Cell. I, I was I was just gonna say like, something about like Hell that. in a Cell. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of the old War Games. They had a WCW had two rings together. It was almost like a Survivor Series match, but all right. like the whole both rings are surrounded in a steel cage. And um, I would love to see that come back. Oh, that would be that would be amazing. Um, but you know, you talk about risks, guys, um, and you talk about Mick Foley. And I'm surprised we actually uh, didn't bring him up sooner. But because uh, you talk Attitude Era, he was one of the huge superstars to sprout in the Attitude Era. Uh, Mick Foley. The thing about Mick is he didn't have the wrestler body, you know, but what what Mick did that was different from most of the other superstars is he really, really sacrificed his body for the for his fans, really, you know, and for for just for for professional wrestling in general. Um and you talk about Hell in the Cell. What happened with Mick in Hell in the Cell, you know? Oh. I mean he almost died. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, he, and that's why that's why that's why when that happened he just says let's just do it yeah and then he's like you know, he was just so gung-ho and you gotta like, love that and, and with jim ross and how he's so he's a fan he's always been a fan and yeah. that kind of enthusiasm oh my god he's been broken in half they, no. yeah they really tried to recreate that with the uh with the shane and undertaker match with the, with the hell in the cell that, that. match was so that good. was insane shane mcmahon has always been that type where he would do whatever it takes to entertain i remember one time he jumped off the top of the titan tron on top of up top of the i believe it was the big show and wow. test and test helped him i don't know if you remember test i remember test sure and after a while he became hell yeah me and my testicles i was like why, yeah. would, you have, <laughs> I go, why would you have that it's like a bunch of groups I'm like, yeah, these are my fans at testicles. I'm like, you call me a bunch of pair of nuts, you jerk. Oh, needless. <laughs> He's needless. probably trying to heel turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had Stacy Keebler as his manager and, yeah. um, and, but it's like, I remember the first time I ever saw, like, I was kind of shocked is like when Lex Luger jumped ship and they yep. had their first Monday night show and they were, they were broadcasting it from the Mall of America. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden, Sting and Sting and Ric Flair in the ring, and all of a sudden, they stopped dead in their tracks. Like, who's that? 
Like, what's Lex Luger doing here? He's not supposed to be here. <laughs> but his contract ended the day the day before at a pay per view. The very next day, boom, he showed up at Monday Night Monday Nitro. Wasn't he the holding W? Like, wasn't he the world champion WWE after? At the time, time, I believe it was Stu Brett. Or did he just like lose it and then he just walked out and then walked? He's on? never been champion. He never he, was. He never was champion in WWE. You know. No. They never gave him the belt. Good. You never deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, good. Is Lex is Lex still alive? I thought. Yeah, I heard... he's actually gonna be at um, Seamus Plug, uh, the McCoy Stadium, July two, uh, uh, the twenty third. Oh, all right. Um, it's a uh, big time wrestling, <laughs> and uh, Sting's gonna be there. And yes, we are going. <laughs> Woo! We you? And um, I I have my things about Lex Luger, and I remember he before. It's getting off top of the attitude era, but it's like, uh, he was with Elizabeth when she passed away. Oh, really? He called the emergency and everything like that. He's like, oh, she's not breathing and all that kind of stuff. And he realized it was like a, like a, no, they said it was like, I believe it was an overdose or something like that. Maybe Coke. I was probably uh, thinking Coke myself. Yeah. That was big with wrestlers in, uh, the 80s and 90s. You, you know, you look at some of those old promos and a lot of those Hulk Hogan, let me tell you something, brothers. Yeah, we're definitely very much coke and steroid and fueled. <laughs> man, <laughs> let me tell you something, man. I'm going to go in there, brother, and I'm going to do any hanging and banging. And what I'm doing, I'm going to pop a damn syringe in my butt cheeks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> tell you what, brother, what a man does with another man's wife with their consent it's nobody else's business. <laughs> this is so you don't bop the, drop the nan bomb, bro. You know, that's what you gotta do, dude. <laughs> dude. Look, man, you gotta understand, sometimes the ladies just want you to call you. They want, they want to be called things that usually you shouldn't call people, okay? <laughs> that's something that you think what Ric Flair would say. He was like, yeah, <laughs> little man. <laughs> oh, when you're a woman, when she wants to talk with me, and she wants to be called what she wants to be called. I'm going to call her. Woo! <laughs> that almost sounds like Owen Hart. It might have been, yeah. Yeah, that almost sounds like Owen Hart because he used to do May that. he rest in peace. Yeah, that's that's one guy, you know, Owen Hart. Yeah, he's, he's, I know in the locker room, he was one of the biggest rivers. He was always playing pranks on people. Yeah. And he was awesome in the um, Attitude Era, too, because they started calling him a nugget. I'm not a nugget. <laughs> I'm a Blackhawk, damn it. <laughs> There's a guy named Jason Sensation. I don't know if you ever heard of him. I've he was, never heard of that. Of he, him. he was he was a big, big imperson, impersonation uh, pers, uh, impressionist, whatever you want to call him. And um, he actually came out with um, the with um, he was part of. I believe he was friends with old DX. And when they did that little that little um, you know spoof on the Nation of Domination, where the rock um, the rock was portrayed by Triple H, but he called him the 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 croc. <laughs> um, you had Mizark Henry. That's um, right. B-Lo Brown. D-Lo Brown. And, and they called him B-Lo. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah. And, and it was funny because X-Pac was dressed like Mark Henry, but he had to see in and, and Triple H. He's like, let me ask you a question, Mark. How do you get your pecs to go around your back like that? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what it is. He's like, I know what you're cooking, Rock. Smells like shit. I'll eat some anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had Jason Sensation playing Owen Hart. And he sounded spot on, and that's oh, yeah. pretty much got him his like his career got started. I don't know how Jason Sensation is doing these days, and um, if you guys ever get a chance to look him up, look him up. He's 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 so entertaining, and and um, and he's like when you had Owen Hart doing that stuff, it was like when he, 
I remember during, I don't know if it was through the Attitude Era, but when Owen passed away, I remember the good match that, you know, most people with Bret Hart and um, Chris Benoit had. It was a very good tribute because Chris Benoit was trained in a dungeon. Yeah. So it wasn't, a lot of people were trained in a dungeon by Stu. I would never want to go in a dungeon. I would get bent up like a pretzel because like, you hear people crying. Oh, yeah. I watched a documentary on the Hart family and the dungeon and all that good stuff. And, uh, oh, yeah. No, like, you, you go in there and you're going to hurt. You're going to hurt bad. Is that still on Netflix? Uh, that's a good question. I, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> uh, it was at a time. I started a while ago. But, yeah, um, all the guys that tra- trained, British Bulldog, uh, they, they, all the guys that came out of there were, were just... Brian Pillman. Brian, Flying Brian, yeah, Brian um, Pillman. Uh, even... um, Who should be in the Hall of Fame, by the way. I believe he's so, too. Yeah, he's not right now, but... Um, and you had the re, re, uh, reinvention of the, and the plus there were so many factions in the Attitude Era. You had, you had the Generation X, then after a while you had Nation of Domination. Yep. Um, what was that? Um, Disciples of Apoc, uh, Disciples of Apocalypse, DOA. Yeah, yeah. And then you had, um, <clears throat> uh, then you had the, like, the, the Lat- Latino, uh, ones where you had Savio Vega and you had these other guys. I threw, called, I threw Los, Los Bariquas. Job Squad. Oh, yeah, the Job Squad with, uh, Al Snow. Al <laughs> Snow, oh, yeah, Blue Mini, uh, Blue Mini, and then, uh, Bob and Crash Holly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Bob and Crash Holly were, like, just so boring, I always thought. <clears throat> Crash Holly was funny, though. He would say, yeah. At a, Waiting at allegedly 500 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, sick. He's, like, He's no, wasn't even the, I, I don't even think he was at least six feet tall. He's yeah. probably bigger than he's a all little of us. Well, like... yeah. Well, he's, he's no longer around. He, he's, he's been passed away for a while. Oh, geez. That's right. I remember when he died. That was years ago. Yeah, it's funny. Well, it's not that funny, but like, wrestlers really do have a really short lifespan, mm-hmm. especially like. They don't live long. Unless nope. you like, unless you make it really big and then like, once you retire, you have the money to go ahead and fix all the aches and pains and keep you around a little bit longer. Or you're just like The Rock, who just apparently is a machine. Well, uh, I, well he, I don't even think he was in the business like long enough, really. Well, he's The Rock has always been part of the business. Well, I mean, he's been around yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. wrestled for seriously for about a decade, and then he moved on to movies. Yeah, I got to assume that's enough time to, you know, create some serious injuries. I don't know. He's, he's yeah, you can build up a lot of wear and tear over ten years. I mean, honestly, I think four would probably. Too much. Just look at the Undertaker. No matter how old he gets. Oh yeah. And he's one of the when when Attitude came around, he and he had the ministry. Yep. That was an awesome time to be an Undertaker fan because he just didn't care. Well, you that... find out how evil he really was. And he just evolved into everything. I remember like when he first came into Survivor Series as Million Dollar Man special, you know, secret partner. And I knew who knew who it was. I'm like, dude, that's me, Mark Callis. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, who's me, Mark Callis? I'm like. Don't you watch wrestling at all? No, I just watch WWE. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and then when um, so what? Like the Undertaker had like the like the Baron Corbin gimmick before he. <laughs> oh no, that's a I would never consider that with Baron Corbin. But he was just like an he was just like an entity. And after a year after him being you know introduced into the world as the Undertaker, a year later he beat Hulk Hogan at Survivor Series with the help of Ric Flair, of course. But it was just like. That was it. He dominated for a year. He was rewarded that, and um, he didn't hold it on title too long because then they had a pay per view following. Like, remember, remember President Jack Tunney? Yep. 
I'm like, I'm like, who's this dude? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, he's like the token. He's like the, the faux pas, you know, president of WWF and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. then he, they, he issued a thing on right, Tuesday in Texas to be a rematch. And then that's when like Hulk Hogan regained his championship. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember they, what they called it at Survivor Series. It was the gravest challenge. Ooh, spooky. <clears throat> but he was, he, he legitimately scared people. He's scared oh, of yeah. the kids. I was scared of him. I was like, I, 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 I forgot how, like 1990, I was probably like. Well, they never played 12. with the supernatural before. Like, like people just thought it Brilliant. was, it was sports entertainment, like straight up. Like people were watching it and expecting like there to be time, like, and actually time to be kept on the side of the ring when people were pinned. They don't, they don't put that kind of production value into making it seem like more of a sport. Now it's more. They've kind of embraced the fact that they're theater, but that's mostly what they're focusing well, on. Well, but also back then, I mean, people were were stupid and and they didn't know that it was fake. And now everyone knows it's fake, so they have to pre- they have to present it that way as sports entertainment. That's really what it is. Well, they didn't want to admit that it was fake. Exactly. You know, yeah. Like, okay. It's not fake. Um, in the- regards to a sport, these guys are serious athletes, and the things that they can do. Most people cannot do. They're almost like superheroes. Like it's all pre, it's all pre, you know, predetermined who's gonna win. Yeah. That's, that's and, the only thing that's not real. But the athleticism they put their bodies through, the, the, the shape you have to be, you could be in a ring shape and I tell you, you have to have stamina. And I give a oh, lot yeah. of credit to that. I'm like, I've, I've always wanted to be a professional wrestler. I've always wanted it. I, I believe, um, I do have the personality to do it, but it's like I waited too long. But, but I was like, well, I can do it if I really wanted to. Not that I'm actually one day you guys gonna see me pop out on Monday Night Raw or anything like that. Well, there's other circuits. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, just take some gym time. I imagine. You know, I haven't seen the inside of a gym in about a year. I've walked by but... one once. <laughs> <laughs> I go in there for when they have the free trials. Do I get a toaster or something like that? <laughs> I go I want me some bread. I go in there for the juice bar and to look at the hot ladies in the yoga pants, and then I screw. <laughs> in which way though do you screw <laughs> no I mean I get out of there before they call the cops oh okay okay yeah. make yourself scarce real quick see this is about this is what the attitude I was don't give a shit that's what right, it is right right but now everything's like changed and everything's all like pussified yeah things are definitely different now but, how how would you uh compare and contrast the attitude era with you know sort of the era we're in present day oh the new era yeah um, the attitude era was like pretty much like gloves are off. Um, you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. You know, the hell Triple H and Shawn Michaels had girls flashing them in the ring, in the arena. Oh yeah, no, I you believe know, they're, that. They're playing strip poker with China. Women loved Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah, and I was like until and and I love how Triple H always makes it fun of him. It was like, yeah, you did that mail magazine. That mail magazine is like, I needed the <laughs> money. I was young. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell they're two of best friends because it just resonates in their performance together. And he's like, we're making for he's looking at his balls. So, what are you looking at? Nothing. <laughs> but it is like when that Monday Nitro again, all of a sudden he's like, yo, I got a big surprise for you, Chico. And all of a sudden he's like, he's like, and he's talking to Eric Bishop. He's like, what? What? He's like, turn around. He's like, point him, turn around. And all of a sudden it's <laughs> Kevin Nash. He's like, see, look at the word you're using. Play. We're not here to play. <laughs> and, and, he, and then eventually out of pay-per-view, he, he jacked nice into a table. 
But who'd have thought it was a good it was a good run that they had, and then who'd have known that Eric Bischoff was like the one that put it all together? Oh, he's a genius. He's just like, like you said before, Holden. Like he took he he had an empty paycheck, empty checks with oh, yeah, to turn yeah, yeah, his yeah. money. He just spent his money. But well, he knew he he, he was on a roll, and then uh, put together a fantastic show for quite a while. Yeah. That was it. Oh, I mean, WCW was every bit as entertaining, especially mm. the rivalry that Ric Flair had against Bischoff. Oh, that was good. That was like if if Stone Cold had Vince, then Ric Flair had Bischoff, and I now, and they they honestly hated each other too. And Ric Flair, the, the fans wouldn't let him go, even though he wanted him off the roster. Wow. Now, now that carried over uh, after you know the what do you call it the invasion or whatever or or the yeah the invasion storyline went after WCW was purchased and right right that carried over that hatred between Flair and Bischoff if i remember correctly like it didn't go away it was still there and they still bickered a lot and i remember it being really entertaining uh, rick flair is another one one of the best mic men in the business All time. oh my god he's good even dusty rhodes Dusty Rhodes. Dusty yeah. Rhodes. He would. He would. If you could put asses in the seats, that's what he does. You know, he was and even super superstar Billy Graham back in the day. He, uh-huh. he was a good talker. Um, he, he was just like, I mean, and even Macho Man. You know, that's oh yeah, that, of that, course, that's my dude right there. You know, oh, he's one of my faves too. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Another one. Um, yeah, no, this uh, I've been. This has been a very entertaining uh, episode. Um, I want to thank Vin Scorpion for being on the show. Vin, thank you for coming by again. And uh, thanks, Vin. You're welcome. We're gonna yeah. do this. We're definitely gonna do this more frequently. Uh, also, I want to thank Holden, Holden Orm, who's uh holding it down. He's holding it down, and he's also uh, you know. My comic book partner in crime, too. That's, so. that's right, because I know how to use the computer now. That's right. <laughs> I'm Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media, and this has been the Vigilant Geek Podcast. Um, before we go, I understand that uh, you guys got a few plugs um, from from you, Vin. Right. Hey, if um, if you if you really want, if when you're gonna check out this podcast, also it's gonna be on the um, Vincent the Geek uh, YouTube channel and also that um, Scorpio Marine on YouTube as well. Um, because I figured you know we can you know be like 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 Andrew said earlier, be a it'll be a simulcast. It has been that just that exactly that. So go to Scorpio Marine uh, on YouTube. And, uh, you can see Vin Scorpion's YouTube page as well, and, uh, it'll also be posted on the Vigilant Geek. So, thank you all for listening, and as always, stay vigilant! Think you're a big man? <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man.